0: gospel world welcome back Today we're going to sit down with the Executive Director of the Alberta Water Portal Society, Kim Sturgis. Kim is going to tell us about the Alberta Water Energy Nexus Project. This looks at the the intricate relationship between water and energy as it pertains to energy production, agriculture, industry, individual household consumption, and look at how this is all interconnected and how there's not really one single answer solution to water management solution as it pertains to the water energy concept, but looking at how this shared collaborative effort between the decisions we make with our food to the decisions we make at our home to how industry can actually get involved and there's a lot of different overlaying factors here and multiple stakeholders that we need to consider and kim is going to give us some context on what the portal does how it's a resource for everyone to use and how we should all get involved and be more aware and be educated about this water energy concept we hope you enjoy listening and take care Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rethinking H2O podcast. Today, we're really excited to sit down with the executive director of the Alberta Water Portal Society, Kim Sturgis. Kim, welcome to the podcast today. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, very good. Thanks so much, Kevin. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, so you are a water warrior that wears many water hats. Um, And in particular, we're we're going to talk today about water education and the water energy nexus. Um, the Alberta water portal is a really exciting project with the Alberta water nexus project. Mm-hmm. Um, give me some context on what is that Alberta water nexus project and, and what, what is it and what are the goals of that project?
1: Great. Well, the, um, the origin of the project was, uh, was really, uh, us sitting back, uh, over the last uh, 15 years or so and, and looking where we see the, the key issues in water as they've, as they've evolved over the last 15 years. Uh, we all know that we need water for food, which makes up the bulk of where water is consumed in the world, about 93% in total worldwide. Uh, we need water for, uh, energy to make, you know, hydroelectric energy or, um, for, um, uh, uh for uh, coal-fired generation, any kind of, of uh, energy production. Um, we need um, water for people, obviously, for drinking, um, to maintain communities. And, you know, we always in need water for industry. Uh, and finally, we it all has to be within the context of making sure that we have a sustainable um, water system, which means we need water for, uh, for the environment. Um, so over the years, kind of looking at the interplay between those uh, various needs, you know, it becomes clear that um, there is a a nexus in those uh, areas and bringing all of those needs together. There is a, a nexus. We cannot, in a time of constrained water resources, which I'm sure your audience has many bits in here in uh, Alberta Canada where uh, where we op- live and operate um, we are starting to see that um, that there are conflict conflicts between uh, the users of the for those various uh, users of water for those various purposes so that was the idea of the nexus and it really started um, we started thinking about it about 10 years ago putting some thoughts around it then about five years ago we started to look and say you know there's a lot of research work, academic work going on around the notion of nexus. But wouldn't it be great if we could actually create something in a specific water basin where people with real data, real information, where people could go in and actually look at and make choices around their Um, their water use and uh, and what it means and how it can impact the availability of water in the basin in our basin in the bow river basin um for all these various activities and and how it interacts so that's when the when the project got launched
0: love it and yeah like you said there's a there's a Significant interplay between the different stakeholders um, we 're balancing mm-hmm. uh, residential households you 're balancing industry you 're balancing agriculture um, you 're looking at aspects of policy economics mm-hmm. and, and so what what can this project um, what sort of valuable information does it provide and, and kind of how can people take that information? and kind of use it to actually whether it's better allow them to make their decision or use as a resource or kind of how can this serve as a resource to the different stakeholders that are involved with the water energy nexus
1: so the the water portal uh, society is focused on water education and so the target group is is Regular folks, <laughs> you know, people that that um, that that work and live in their communities. Um, you know, high school kids that are looking for, for um, resources to help them in their um, in their education pieces, and uh, so this project was really very much targeted at how an individual person, um, the decisions that they make on a day to day basis, how that. Impacts others and the use of water, um, um, and the availability of, of uh, water for other purposes. So um, it's quite it's an educational resource. So you can go on at Alberta Water. Uh, dot com backslash nexus and uh um so uh an individual can go go in there there's a there's actually uh, there's a number of educational materials to explain what the nexus is how it works the interplay between the various factors Um, but there is a simulator which we built um specifically with the data on the bow river basin that allows the person to go in and say okay um you know uh, i want to water my lawn today um what impact does that have on the ability of the farmers in the bow river basin to make food um you know or um you know i wanted to you know keep my lights on all day long uh and uh, because uh, we have actually high, we're powered by hydropower here in in uh, in calgary just the value of the location of where we live and so if i want to put a whole bunch of more power on that actually means that i'm um You know, I'm using, um, I'm using water that might, we might not be able to use for, um, you know, drinking water in the city, that kind of thing. So, because those are both non-consumptive uses and it takes into that account the concept of consumptive versus non-consumptive use and really tries to work with the, the individual to, or give them the ability to understand what those trade-offs are that you make every single day in your own home about about what you do with water or what you do at your office or um, you know, that kind that kind of thing. Uh, so that's really what, what the purpose is. It's about education. And if I do this, then what, what happens?
0: I like that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that it, I think a lot of people tend to ignore where they don't really look at their decisions within the grander scheme of the society around them, where I think we know there's no one silver bullet to combating, climate change or water shortage resources, but it's a multitude of individual decisions that we make on our own or as a business. And I think that's important to get people to realize, hey, whether it's through the food that I eat or the way that I power my uh, house or the way that how often I'm I'm using my electrical devices, Mm -hmm. all these different things are connected to the component of water and energy. And I think what I'd like you to maybe tell me a little bit more about is how, how is it that water and energy are so intricately connected and and how can you, um, how is it possible? You can't have one without the other.
1: Well, um, certainly, where uh, where we live here in Alberta, um, you know, power is generated by hydro. You know, there's hydroelectric power, which obviously, you know, that's capturing the power of of our rivers and the flows of the rivers and uh, and uh, turning that into electricity. Um, and uh, secondarily, by we do have. Co- as most locations do coal fired generation plants that are in the process of being uh being phased out but uh you know the cooling the the water that's used for cooling going through those plants um is a is a is a use of the water there are some evaporative uh, losses on those mostly those plants uh are um um it's cooling water so it does come back into the system but it is a uh, um, it is a draw on, on the on the system, and and finally, we do now have, have the um, starting to have a lot more of the gas generation. Um, we also are increasing wind and solar, but those don't have a water draw this to the same extent. So you know, every time we're every time we're turning on a a, a light, there's some impact on the way you know on on the um, utilization of of that water that that may impact um, some other, uh, uh, some other need. Um, the other area for us too, of course, is, you know, anytime you're producing, um, you know, uh, the, um, co- uh, oil or gas or coal, um, you know, those are also consumptive, uh, those are consumptive uses of water and that's also supporting, um, the use of energy. So anytime we're using energy, we're either, you know, using, uh, water to, um, um, to be able to make that energy, or we're also using water to produce the fuel that goes into the plants that make the energy. So it's very interconnected.
0: Interesting. And so, what what can a average guy like me in Chicago, or some random person in Florida, or someone that's in Saskatchewan, whoever it may be, what what can they do as a global citizen of the world? To a be more aware of the water energy nexus, and what can they do to be proactive to to help be a good global citizen within their watershed.
1: Well, I think there's a number of things. Um, first, um, there are m- many of, of municipalities, um, cities now have excellent programs on how to conserve your water. Um, how to, how to uh, make better use of, of your water in your home. Um, and uh, number one, I would just encourage everyone to, to go and take advantage of these resources. I mean, the, in the city of Calgary where we are here, they have an excellent program on, on how to um, um, reduce the amount of water that you're using. Um, throughout, you know, in in your home, and uh, which makes a big difference. It's primarily, frankly, because the water infrastructure needed to to continue to just cycle water um, through. Um, the, the communities is, is quite significant. So lowering your water use at home, um, has all sorts of benefits and values, uh, including the, um, um the conservation of, of the water. So number one, educate yourself. I think that's the, the most important thing about the things that you can do, um, right into your own home. Um, the second thing is there's a number, of the, the biggest use of, uh, consumptive use of water in the world is producing food and as the population continues to grow and as you know we start to see continuing pressure on some of the big bread baskets of the world in terms of changing climate um you know what we eat has a big impact on how much water is consumed uh i um you know I think there's a one knows that you know a pound of beef takes a heck of a lot more uh, water to produce than a than a, you know a pound of bread for example um, the other one listeners might be interested in is chocolate we have a lot of women in our organization so we had to put that chocolate is uh, by far a larger uh, consumer of, of water in terms of, of producing an equivalent amount of chocolate than even beef so um, you know as as the world is becoming more um, affluent and uh, people are are coming um, into the sort of middle class, they're consuming a lot more uh, meat and a lot more things like chocolate, nice things. And, and that means that our consumption of water is rising um, significantly on a per capita basis. So um, think about what you eat. I know that sounds kind of strange, but uh, um, you know, um, the, uh, the, what you eat has a big impact on, uh, on how much water is consumed in, oh. uh, in making the food.
0: Absolutely. And actually, there I did the podcast earlier with the author Florencia Ramirez, and she wrote a book called Eat Less Water. And that's actually, it's a really interesting book to look at. She looked at, hey, I live in drought-prone California. I'll implement shower timers to help reduce my shower times. And that's great. Obviously, you can all make the impact of... Turning the sinks off when you're brushing your teeth, turning taking shorter showers, those are kind of almost givens, and they're they're easy almost. And you can make a difference with that, but you're thinking, you know, if you're a really good water steward, maybe 1,000, 2,000 gallons, you're saving a year. But you can save 1,000, 2,000 gallons just with two, three meal settings based on what you're eating. And it really dives into the whole notion of of how you use rainwater versus groundwater versus organic and the different kinds of pesticides and how much water goes into the supply chain of cows and chocolate. And I think a lot of that comes back to your first point of education. Mm-hmm. And it sounds crazy and it may be sort of a grassroots approach, but it's it, it's the decision of one person and it's that person, other people around you that see that decision and then all of a sudden if you get a classroom of 20 kids who see you acting in this way to reduce your red meat consumption and to actually do different things that um, allow you to reduce your water footprint. Then all of a sudden you've got a kind of a water army of people who are now doing their small part And granted one individual person is, is is a small impact, but that one person can impact a hundred people around them. And then all of a sudden when you get a hundred people acting in a positive global water steward mindset, that's how we can really make a difference to be able to address, like you'd said, some of these issues that we're going to face moving forward. Uh, We're looking at a world of 9 billion people by 2050. Um, We're already struggling with the amount of food resources and water resources. So um, it seems like the education and awareness that you're providing is, is really the blueprint that many of us need to be aware of and that uh, we need to really adopt into our lifestyle as we're continuing to figure out how do we deal with the growing population and and rise of temperatures um, in this somewhat uncertain world moving forward in just the next 30-year horizon ahead of us.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, that, there's a couple of, of key key points in there. Um, y- you know, I think the, what we try and do with this work in our in our Nexus project is to bring that down so that an individual can actually physically see what a difference is. I mean, there's you know, there's lots of, of talk about what all these things are, and and but actually being able to bring it down so that when an in, so that a, an individual can see, I make a difference. Because they do make a difference, and and make it very real and tangible for them, and and that's really what we're uh, um, what we're trying to do with this project. One thing I hadn't mentioned till now, too, is that um, as part of this, we've actually been looking at the water quality side as well, and um, you know what's in your water is the is the name of of that project that that's partners that we um, is part of our nexus work, and it's similar too. I mean, what can I do to keep you know what can I do to ke- to keep my watershed um cleaner and and better and more sustainable so that we can have the water in the future and um you know water quality is becoming a bigger and bigger issue all the time as you as you're well aware so that's the other side of uh, the other uh, piece of this but it's all about an individual experience so they actually physically can see what their impacts are and that's that's what we're working hard on for our nexus project
0: I love it and, and so who is this resource available to, um, if, is this someone at anybody. anybody, so you can just go online to dot com backslash Nexus, and yep. it's available to anybody.
1: You betcha! You can go on there, um, see what the research is, where the state that it's in today. Um, you can check out the the uh, water quality. It's just backslash water quality. Um, those pieces are there. There's there's um, 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 there's a great video, little video uh, that um, it's just two and a half minute video that explains all of the concepts um, in in very simple. Um, Picto, you know, pictograph type lang, uh, presentation with it that is very, very straightforward and simple. So people can see the concepts and, uh, and uh, yeah, go on in and nose around and, and uh, hopefully find something, uh, that interests you and intrigues you and makes you want to come back.
0: Love it. And so uh, if people want to get in touch or contact and and maybe try and if there is a teacher or some sort of resource, if they wanted to learn more, um, is there a contact us on the website or what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah,
1: there is a contact us on the uh, info line on the website. And um, we also have a uh, LinkedIn page. so. Um, you know, you can always look us up on uh, Alberta Water Portal Society on uh, on LinkedIn, and uh, and we're um, monitor that and and post uh, post information additional information from time to time. So that's the other way uh, that you can do that quite easily.
0: Love it. Well, Kim, you truly are a wealth of water knowledge and, and I'm sure we could keep this conversation going on for hours. And we're really excited to expand a series of podcasts around some of these other niches of water you're focused on. And then also in the future, dive into some of the other work that you're doing, um, with WaterSmart. So, um, we want to, on behalf of our, our community and the world of water, we thank you for all everything you're doing. And we look forward to, to more amazing water advocacy from you in the future.
1: Great. Thanks so much Kevin. Really appreciate the opportunity to to tell our story.
0: Thank you.